Hey guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you for checking this podcast out produced entirely by Anchor.fm. Guys, if you're interested in creating your own podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to do it. And the cool part, it's free. Anchor has all the tools to help you create, record, and edit a podcast directly from your phone or computer. They even handle the distribution, putting it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other sites. What's really cool about Anchor, they even allow you to monetize your podcast Again, for free, you can generate income from your podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't know about you, but the best way to get a motivated seller to sell you a property is to get them on the phone, right? You got to get them on the phone so you can get their email to send them an offer. You got to get them on the phone so you can get information about the property. Maybe even get them on the phone to set the appointments. You can go meet them if you're doing this locally. Regardless, you have to get them on the phone. So the only way to go about getting a motivated seller on the phone is to have them call you by doing various types of marketing or you can call them right so in order to call these motivated sellers or these people that you are essentially assuming have motivation when you're doing your cold calling or your cold texting is to first skip trace these individuals and get information on how to reach them like phone numbers and email addresses i personally use batch skip tracing it is the most affordable service that has the best quality data that i have found um, every single time I've tested it, which has been probably about a dozen. So I highly recommend batchskiptracing.com, guys, if you are interested in skip tracing. Use code DAVE, D A V E, to get 20% off your skip tracing. It's a huge discount, 20% off. Basically, one in five skip traces is free with that code. Go check it out. It's where I do all of my skip tracing. And we're basically doing, you know, 10 plus deals every month consistently at this point, about five to six years in, in my wholesaling business. We probably use this service weekly at this point. So go check them out, batch skip tracing, use code Dave, D-A-V-E. That's gonna save you 20% on your skip tracing. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, joined joined by my co-host. Michael Slain. How are you guys? I'm excited to be doing another episode today. It's a beautiful day here in St. Louis. Spring's starting to spring. It feels good out. That's right. It feels good outside, Dave. Does, I like getting out there. It does out feel there, good out there, man. It's pretty out there today. Bought a house yesterday. Gonna nice. Start. I made some offers already this morning. I know. 
rock and rolling. Getting on the phones, right? You were out there uh, training somebody today? Yeah, we trained a guy to do some cold calling today. We made about 140 calls in about a 30-minute period, 40-minute period. Fingers are real sore from all those dials, Oh, yeah, right? man. We did good, though. We got one uh, one qualified lead out of it, though. So that that's was, awesome. It was worth it. Man, yeah, it's always, it's always worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Maybe we'll be talking about buying that house next. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you haven't joined us before, we're always talking about our free wholesale course. We really like uh, wholesaling rental properties or wholesaling uh, real estate just because, again, it's a great way for somebody to get started. Uh, Dave and I were kind of talking about it, and we said, you know what? I really focus more on um, our rental portfolio, and Dave focuses more on our wholesale portfolio, why don't we just kind of start talking about both and how someone could get started in uh, real estate doing the Burr method. So we said, all right, let's do that. So today we're going to talk about one of our properties that we're doing the Burr strategy on. Uh, you've heard all of our episodes or previous episodes. We published quite a few on the Burr method, which stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance and repeat so you've seen a lot of those or hopefully you're familiar with that or you can go back and listen to those and learn our take on the burr strategy the other option uh, for burr again if this is going to be your first place to start instead of doing wholesaling uh, you can use private money to get started so dave somebody without funds really could start with burr right yeah absolutely they could yeah. Absolutely. So that's something that's kind of interesting, and we just kind of overlook it. Um, again, I think we both would agree it makes sense to start in wholesaling because you learn your numbers a little bit better that way, or a little bit faster, which is, again, it's it's experience through, or learning and getting experience through the experience of others mm -hmm. is a really good thing that you can do through wholesaling. Uh, but like I said, you could start in the Burr method. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on a little bit more of that. I think we're both going to kind of touch on some of those topics and how someone could do that successfully. Uh, so today we wanted to talk about one of our projects that is a little twist on the normal Burr method just because it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So Dave, do you remember how we found uh, the Woodson lead? Do you remember this one? Um... Yeah, I do. Nick. There you go. Yes. It was so a nice. referral lead from our own office. Exactly. And the, the reason I wanted Dave to bring that up where I was going to I was going to look it up, but then it I'm like, wait, I know this. I know the answer I'm to this. I'm not trying to put you on the hot, the yeah. hot seat, man. I was just talking about it. I know so the answer So this was a referral, this. guys. This cost us $0. Now we pay our rent every month. We're in the office with a couple other companies, and we network. So, again, this is basically a networking lead came in from somebody who knew we were looking for properties in this area. Uh, so Nick here in the office, he referred to us, said, hey, you guys interested in this house? We said, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We started working with Nick, who is an agent, and this was a listing of his, basically a pocket listing. And uh, we, we went initially, and we said, yes, we'll do this. We put it under contract, um, and the property is interesting. It's unique. It's a four-family uh, property, so there's four units in one building, and then there's a single-family house on the same lot. So it's on the same piece of so land. So one lot, two buildings, a single family, and a four family. Exactly. So it's very unique. Uh, again, you just don't come across that very often uh, here in St. Louis. So we said, yeah, we're very interested. It's all rented out. Uh, we'll put it under contract. We put it under contract at a number that we thought made sense. Uh, we went through the property because, again, once we got under contract, he was willing to then let us kind of 
interrupt the tenant's life. We went through the property, and Dave, what did we say after we went through the property? You remember this part? Uh, we said, you know, we don't like it. We don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I remember. Again. I can. I remember the feeling I had. It was yeah. like, eh, it's not uh, it's not that great. So we we basically said, after looking at the property, man, this thing's got. Well, let's talk about what we saw. Okay, cool. Real quick. So we walked through the four family first. Mm-hmm. Uh, all one bedroom units, right? The two of them are two bedrooms on the bottom level. That's right. That's and right. The uppers are one or so two. So two bedrooms. Are you sure it's not five units over there? I'm positive. Okay. You you would know. You would know, obviously. So there's uh, two two bedrooms and two one bedrooms. The building's just really dated. Uh, it didn't look like it needed anything major right away, but it definitely looks like it's going to need a lot at some point in the very near future. It's just dated. The units on the inside um, weren't very clean. Everything was functional, but it just appeared like it was going to be like a money pit. That's just my first impression was money pit. Now, that was the four family. And then there was a house on the lot as well. When we viewed the house, it was occupied. It's currently vacant, but when we, when we got it under contract, it was occupied. And same scenario. The house was in better shape than the four family. The house was in a little better shape. I liked yeah. the house when we walked through. Yeah, I, a little better shape, but I didn't care for the four family. The the layout of the house was kind of strange, though. You know, you kind of had to like walk through certain rooms to get to other rooms that were being used as bedrooms. Mm-hmm. All in all, the whole thing was just kind of strange. In our initial, our initial, you know, feeling of it was eh. Did not want it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're under contract, and we said, don't really want it. Uh, my biggest concerns, and again, like Dave said, money pit. You've got four kitchens in this four family. They were all tiny, tiny kitchens. Very, very small, but super old. Like everything was outdated. All the appliances are old. All the cabinets are old looking, uh, kind of beat up. The um, Some of the more expensive items were taken care of. So they had newer water heaters, uh, newer HVACs, I mean, within the, and newer electric panels. So within the past 10 years or so. So there was some things that were some done. things which were good, uh, but then there was also like the foundation was kind of weird. Like again, it was looked solid, looked like it had been repaired, but it would just looked off. So like there's a lot of these things that were just like ah, we just don't like it. So we went back to Nick and said, "Sorry, Nick, we are basically out of this transaction unless we can get the price down to." And we dropped it a lot. I think we dropped it like ten thousand a unit, mm-hmm. fifty thousand dollars our offer. We just said, "I'm sorry, like we really we don't want it." Yeah, what was the original asking for? Dave, I can't even. What, what do we buy it for? You know that? I don't even remember, man. Yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, I think it's, I think we're at about, and this one got a little bit more confusing. We won't go into all the details on that on the podcast. Um, but yeah, anyway, so long story short, we bought the property, or uh, we went, we we asked for a reduction in the price, and the seller said, no, I can't do that. I need this m- amount of money. And we said, okay, fine. We will, um, we'll just part ways. We'll sign a mutual release, and we'll move on to the next one. So a month or so goes by, and the seller uh, talks to Nick, and they're trying to sell it to somebody else. He so our AB price was 155. Excellent. But so they were asking like 210. One, I think I it was 190. Or 190. Our original contract price. Or the ask price, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just. Go okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So 190 or so. We said we need 155. Uh, he said go away. Yeah. We said, we it. basically said 155. Take it or leave it. If you can find somebody else to pay you more, by all means, go with that person. Yeah. So, again, and no hard feelings. And, again, we were only under contract for maybe three to five days. Right. Like we were not uh, locking this property up and messing around. Like, we were ready to buy it. It, we, we just, it was subject to our walkthrough. So the three of us got 
the time we could get there, we walked through the property and we said, mm, this is not what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. So we asked for the reduced price. Seller said no. But then some time goes by and the seller comes back because turns out now he's motivated. Uh, I guess he had a 1031 or some sort of exchange he had to do. And our number looked good to him, said, if you guys can do that and do it by the end of the year, let's do it. And we said, sign us up. Because we, we were happy at the at a like it was a forty thousand dollar price reduction, like that allowed us. Yeah, he to, had to bring thirty grand to the table. I thought, right? I don't know. I thought I think he did, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Long story short, we were happy at that price to buy it. So what's unique about this one is we've got fully occupied unit when we bought it, or we thought we had a fully occupied unit. So how do you do the burr strategy on a fully occupied portfolio? It's not easy, and it's not the most common thing um so this one the single family they ended up moving out and that was really the one that we were more interested in fixing up and selling here's the problem it's on the same lot so what do you do well this one took took a while dave we had to go to the city and by the city i mean in st louis we've got a bunch of little municipalities so it's kind of like the the subdivision and this one was in an area called breckenridge hills we had to go to them and ask them, hey, how do we divide this lot? Like, what are your rules for doing this? So we worked with the uh, planning and zoning committee over there. And they said, okay, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be able to then have someone else come and tell us how they can divide the lot. So we did all that stuff. Uh, We had to tear down part of the garage. So in between these two properties, we didn't even mention this, Dave. There was a three-car garage. So one, two, three, three-wide garage. It was a two and a one-at kind of stacked onto it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, if you tear down the one-car garage on the left, boom, you can get that taken care of. Yeah, when we went to, 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 to the zoning commission and said, hey, we want to split the lots. We have one lot with two properties on it. We need to split the lots. They have this thing called setbacks in their code. And the setbacks essentially say that you have to have – X number of feet on the front, back, and sides um, of a structure to the property line. And in this scenario, there was a two-car garage that was basically attached to the four-family. And then somebody built an additional one-car garage on the side of that. However, the setbacks weren't within code. So what Mike was saying is we had to tear down the one-car garage in order for the setbacks to be within the code. Therefore, we could get the lot split. So we did tear the garage down. We hired a survey company to come out and survey it uh, to scope, which was which we gave them. And then now we're in the process of taking that to the city and getting it uh, split, which really just means they're going to give us a new tax ID number. They're basically exactly. going to split the taxes between – yeah, two buildings on one lot to be in just two lots. With yeah, one and building that's what I each. wasn't describing well is those setbacks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was that's great. Perfect. So we had to tear down a garage so that we could split the lots on paper. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy, but, you know, had to happen. Yep. So we did it. Uh, what's really neat, though, the tenants moved out of the single family, and that one had a lot of rent. So it was kind of like, ah, oh, shoot, now we're, again, we've got these smaller units. They're paying a little bit of money, but that, that house had a lot of rent. Mm-hmm. But that gives us the opportunity to rehab that unit and sell that unit. And what's really exciting about this one is the numbers. So this is where it gets fun and we want to kind of get into the numbers. We are going to be able to uh, 
uh, fix up that single family, and most likely, Dave, what's going to happen? We are going to be able to probably pay off our loan. Real close. Both. Really close to being able yeah, to pay off the loan. Yeah, real close. What that means, So we guys, paid 155 for all of it. Mm-hmm. So one parcel with two buildings, a four-family and a single-family. We're rehabbing the single-family. So we're going to keep our budget around 30 maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hopefully sell that for between 160 and 180. So right. once we sell that off, we will be able to pay back our lender, which we borrowed a, from a private lender to purchase in the first place. Even if we don't get all that money back, we'll essentially acquire a four family for close to zero, maybe 10, 20 grand, whatever we have to whatever we don't get from the sale of the other one. But essentially, it's going to be a really good deal. So we we went there and we were like, "Eh, not looking yeah. so good, but then when we found out that we could split it and sell them off inch individually, it got really interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's much more interesting. And again, hopefully, you kind of perked up a little. We were able to acquire this four family, probably for next to nothing in actual dollars. Now, again, this is a six month process. Yeah, that it's going to take us to buy, uh, split, rehab. We'll be paying buy, interest to our lender. Interest. There's a lot of money. But in the end, and that's really what the Burr strategy is. If people say, you know, zero, zero invested in the real estate. Well, that's not necessarily true day one. Mm-hmm. You have to fund it or you have to get somebody that will lend you the money to fund it. But when you refi, at the, and that's the end game, right? You can essentially get into deals for none of your own money. And we've done that 45, 50 times in exactly. the last year. Exactly. So, you know, we have a portfolio of about 65-ish properties right now. But and 50 of those, we, we did the right way. We didn't put a whole lot in. In the beginning, we had to leave some money in. Yeah, well, so. and, and we do. And occasionally we leave money in, but occasionally we'll get a little money back. It just depends on how good you buy it. That's right. And, again, how low your numbers are. But what's fun about this one, guys, we might be able to pay off the loan in its entirety. So we would actually be able to have this property or hold it free and clear. Mm-hmm. Now, chances are we're not going to do that. Uh, one of the things depends on what we sell it for, the, the single, the single family. family. Right. Well, and chances are we're not going to do that because we prefer, at least I believe we do, um, equity stripping. So we would rather have liens on our properties and have that money in our hand today. Mm-hmm. The other option is, is we sell both buildings. Yeah, and we've talked about that too. And so, you know, we don't even know what we're going to do yet because really we're waiting on selling the single family to see where the price comes in at. If we have to leave 30 or 40 grand in, you know, that's an option, or we just sell that building. If we can get that property for zero, then we'll, we'll do like Mike said, we'll refi. I mean, it really just depends. We have a couple options at this point, which is awesome. Very cool. So, Long story short, this probably would have been a decent deal at that original 190, which was probably a little bit off of retail to begin with. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been a decent deal. And that's just strictly analyzing it from a uh, five unit or from five individual units uh, rental properties. But it turns into an awesome deal when we were able to split the lots. And that's what got really, really interesting for us, especially when the seller came back at our reduced price. Um, it's a very, very interesting uh, little little burr that we were able to do. And yeah. Yeah. We're, it's pretty cool. So typically on the all, burr. We're not quite finished with it yet. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's uh, pretty fun. Typically on the burr, you're buying, you're rehabbing, you're renting, you're refinancing, and you're repeating. That's what the burr is. And if you're not familiar with burr, all it is is a simple strategy to acquire a lot of assets very rapidly. That's the simplest definition that I have come up with to date. Um, in this scenario, we're buying properties that are rented. 
So we aren't necessarily rehabbing all of the property. We did tear down a garage, and we're going to be rehabbing the the single-family home, but we won't actually be rehabbing any of the individual units in the four-family because we don't need to. So we're essentially using the burr on rented properties. Not all of them are rented, but you know the package that we bought, even though it was one parcel, mm-hmm. had some rented. And I believe they vacated the single family before we closed, if not, it if was not right after. Yeah, it was right around there. Yeah, but typically on your burrs, you need to buy them vacant so you can immediately start the rehab. But when you deal with some creative deals like this one, you don't necessarily have to rehab Every unit. That's the cool thing. Yeah, and so anyway, it got a little cool. It got a little bit, you know, more juicy whenever we found out that we could split the lot. And it was tell them how we learned about how we could split the lot. This is kind of the. This is the coolest part. The kicker too, the seller of the property was aware of it. The seller knew, had thought about it, said, "Man, I really want to split the lot." He actually did about eighty percent of the legwork for us. And provided us all that information. Eighty so percent. The seller had already gone to the city, found out exactly what they needed, uh, and said, "Hey, here's what you need to do if you guys ever wanted to split the lot." And I guess he just never did it because of the obstacle. The problem was tearing down that garage. Like again, it's not an easy thing to do, and that cost us uh, what was it? it was about four or five thousand um, dollars. And again, having structural engineers, people come out and look at it, all this stuff. Uh, but again, we were able to do it, and again, most of the legwork was done. We just had to go up to the city, uh, get the permits, uh, get everything, and actually take action on it. So that's a kind of fun burr story. We might be able to acquire a rental or a four-family for for next to nothing uh, because of this. Uh, not zero out of pocket like a typical burr. Actually, zero dollars into it, which is kind of makes it very very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. This is going to be a really cool deal. So we'll have to do another episode when we finish to give everybody a an update on how we ended up exiting the deal and, you know, which scenario we ended up choosing. But at this point, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just going to say, at this point, we have a private lender that we used to purchase the entire parcel, which was, again, just one parcel, two properties. We are rehabbing the single family, and we tore down the garage so we could then split the lots. So that part is basically done. Rehab's almost complete. Mm -hmm. Uh, So where we're at right now is we're waiting on the city or the county? We are. So we've got the city's meeting is coming up here in a couple days. Dave and I are going to attend, and uh, we'll see how that goes. We've got to meet with the planning and zoning board. Uh, should not be any obstacles with that because we've been working with them the whole time. But, uh, yeah, again, we have to go have to go do that and get the mayor to sign off on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then once we split that and get that mayor to sign off on it, we'll have two tax ID numbers instead of one, mm-hmm. which allows us to sell off the single family and keep the four family. And then at that point, like, like we talked about, we'll either sell that property off or we'll refinance it, assuming that um, – well, it doesn't really matter. We'll just kind of figure that out as we go. Yeah. So this is Burr with a twist. Burr with a twist. Yeah. yeah. So then we will uh, we'll refinance that one or sell it, and the goal would be to be in it for little to none. But again, we're gonna we're gonna uh, strip some of that equity, use it to buy more properties or just capital you know operations funding. Um, but all in all, Burr with a twist. Burr I love twist, it, guys. man. What allowed it to do? What allowed us to do that is buying at a discount. You've got to buy at a discount. Discount Property Investors is our name. It's because we truly believe if you're not buying it at a discount, you're not able to do all these fun things with the properties. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will do another episode about this particular deal here in a couple weeks when we get the 
A uh, lot split, and the first one sold off, and fill you guys in on what we decided to do. Burr with a twist. All right, thanks, I like guys. it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.